You're listening to the Kurdistan in America podcast, the official podcast of the Kurdistan regional government representation in Washington, D.C. I'm your host, Dulovan Barwari. Welcome to the sixth episode of season three. In this episode, I have the honor of speaking with Brigadier General Hajar Ismail, Senior Advisor at the Ministry of Peshmerga Affairs. The focus of our discussion is on the ongoing Peshmerga reform program, the state of coordination and collaboration between the Iraqi army and Peshmerga forces, with a special focus on the disputed areas, as well as the U.S.-Iraq strategic dialogue. Brigadier General Hajar Ismail obtained a bachelor's degree from the Zaho Military Academy in 1995 and a master's degree from the Joint Staff College in Baghdad in 2006, and graduated from the U.S. Army War College in 2013. General Hajar is the founding member of the Peshmerga Reform Program, where he serves on the management board. He developed coordinating concepts between the Peshmerga forces and combined joint task force Operation Inherent Resolve for operational and tactical coordination and control of forces during the counter-ISIS operations. He was also KRG's representative for security and defense issues in the U.S.-Iraq strategic dialogue. And now, the interview with Brigadier General Hajar Ismail. It's an honor to have a Peshmerga general as our guest. And as Kurds, we're all proud of the Peshmerga and we have the utmost respect for them. General Hajar, welcome to the Kurdistan in America podcast. Thank you very much for having me. It is a great honor for me too, to be part of this important program. It's a pleasure having you. So there are three major issues that I want to discuss with you today. The first is the issue of the Peshmerga reform. Please explain to our listeners what we mean by reform and why it's needed. Uh, in 2017, uh, we started working on the Peshmerga reform program when President Masoud Barzani met with the UK defense, UK uh, defense minister to help Ministry of Peshmerga to reform and to reorganize the Ministry of Peshmerga. Uh, so since 2017, we started uh, writing uh, the important projects uh, to reform and reorganize and modernize and uh, unify the Peshmerga forces. So the meaning of the Peshmerga reform program is modernize, uh, reform, uh, unification of all the Peshmerga forces, and especially uh, reorganizing the Peshmerga forces. So as I said, in 2017, we started writing the Peshmerga reform program. Uh, we came with conclusion that we need to uh, uh, to reform 35 projects related to all the Peshmerga forces, how to mod- modernize and unify all the Peshmerga forces. So in the beginning, the UK senior advisor, uh, they came uh, on the request of the Minister of Peshmerga, and as I said, President Mansoud Barzani requested from UK defense, defense Minister. After that, US and Germany, Netherlands also, they joined the team. Uh, to support the Peshmerga reform, pro- reform program. And it was an honor for me to be the co-founder of the Peshmerga reform program. We were four Peshmerga generals and four uh, coalition senior advisors. We wrote Peshmerga reform program, which was 35 projects to reform the Peshmerga uh, program. So based on your analysis, 
how is the reform program going? Uh, going well, but honestly, slow. Uh, we are trying to implement Peshmerga reform program step by step. Uh, because a reform is uh, needed for any army, but especially for the Peshmerga is something new. And the good thing, we have coalition forces also. Uh, they are part of the, the Peshmerga reform uh, directorate and also part of the Peshmerga reform. Uh, we call it Peshmerga reform board. So we have a weekly meeting with the coalition forces, with the Peshmerga reform directorate, and we have a monthly meeting uh, with Defense Peshmerga Ministry Defense Committee. And sometimes we have a meeting it's also with the government, with Unit 70s and Unit 80s, which is they are the other Peshmerga outside of the umbrella of the Minister of Peshmerga. And even uh, time to time we have a meeting it's also with the presidency. Uh, so we are trying to implement Peshmerga reform program step by step. So this takes us to actually to our next uh, question. I understand that some of the Peshmerga forces have been unified. Please tell us about the status of the unification and what has been accomplished so far. Uh, we used to have a two minister of Peshmerga. In 2010, we established one uh, minister of Peshmerga, which was uh, part of the Kurdistan regional government. And minister of Peshmerga by... Uh, law and constitution part of the Iraqi defense system. Uh, but unfortunately, never the Iraqi government provided uh, our rights, our budget, uh, equipment, uh, weapons, ammunition. Uh, and Peshmerga became one of the disputed issues between uh, Iraq and, and KRG. Uh, so in 2010, we started to bring forces under the Ministry of Peshmerga. Every year, we brought four brigades until ISIS show up in 2014. So in 2014, we had 14 unified brigades under the umbrella of the Minister of Peshmerga. And after 2017, after the, the defeat of ISIS, we started Peshmerga reform program. And also we tried to bring the other forces under the umbrella of the Minister of Peshmerga. So uh, last year, we've been able to bring four more brigades under the umbrella of the Minister of Peshmerga. Uh, from unit 70s and unit 80s. And also, we've been able to uh, have first and second support commanders uh, under the umbrella of the Minister of Peshmerga, which is they have heavy weapons. So the, the biggest forces now under the umbrella of the Minister of Peshmerga, which is we call them first and second support brigades. What percentage of the total Peshmerga forces would you say have been unified? Uh, now we have 20 unified brigades under Ministry of Peshmerga and two support command units. So I can say 40 to 50 percentage of the Peshmerga forces under the umbrella of the Ministry of Peshmerga. And what are the main challenges for fully unifying the other Peshmergas, the rest of the Peshmerga uh, forces? Uh, there are many challenges like budgets, uh, you know, uh, modernizing uh, Peshmerga or army need uh, a, a very good budget. Unfortunately, never the Iraqi federal government provided our budget. Uh, and never they gave us uh, weapons, ammunition. Even during the fighting with ISIS, uh, they uh, never they provided ammunition for the Peshmerga to, to, to even to fight ISIS. So about that, we, thankfully, the coalition forces provided 
some weapons ammunition training advice during the fighting against ISIS. So uh, and, uh, thanks God we've been able to, to fight and stop and to defeat ISIS. Uh, so one of the challenge, uh, budget, equipment, and also, uh, as I said, we used to have a two Ministry of Peshmerga, so we need to bring all forces under the umbrella of the Ministry of Peshmerga, uh, command and control of the, all, uh, of the Peshmerga forces, also one of the challenge. Will from the politician, from the government, very, very important. Uh, thanks God, now we have a strong will from the government, from the presidency. They are providing good support to the Peshmerga program. Uh, but we are asking uh, more uh, support from the, the uh, government and from the presidency and from the coalition force also uh, to, to unify all the forces under the umbrella of the Minister of Peshmerga. Very well. Now let's pivot to the second issue. There have been some efforts for better coordination and collaboration between the Iraqi army and the Peshmerga forces, basically to fill the security void in the disputed areas which has been a corridor for ISIS terrorists to roam freely and wage attacks. So what has been agreed between the two sides, between the Iraqi army and the Peshmerga forces uh, in terms of better coordination and collaboration? Uh, this is a very uh, good question. We used to have a joint security mechanism between the Peshmerga forces and the Iraqi army uh, between 2010 until 2000. 14. But when that showed up 2014 and the Iraqi army collapsed, especially in north of Iraq, so it was the end of the joint mechanism or, and also joint forces between the Peshmerga and the Iraqi army. In 2017, when the Iraqi government announced the defeat of ISIS, because we used to have a front line with ISIS about 1,050 kilometer front line with ISIS. Uh, but when the, as I said, when the Iraqi government announced the defeat of ISIS, honestly, they didn't control all the area from ISIS. So some area remain as a gap between our front line and the Iraqi security forces front line. So now the gap is about 550 kilometers. In late 2019, we started dialogue and negotiation with uh, the Iraqi Ministry of Defense and the Iraqi army to reestablish joint security mechanism between the Peshmerga and the, the Iraqi security forces. But unfortunately, in the beginning, the process was very slow. But lately, when especially when uh, Prime Minister Kadmi uh, became a prime minister, so he was supportive of the process. Uh, so lately, we agreed with the Iraqi Ministry of Defense and the Iraqi security forces to establish six joint coordination centers between the Peshmerga and the Iraqi army. Thank God now we have six joint coordination centers, two main joint coordination centers, one in Baghdad, the other one in Arbil. And also we have four joint coordination centers on the ground, one in Khanaqin, the other one in K1 in Kirkuk, uh, also the third one in Mahmur, and the last one in uh, Kesig, which is in Mosul area. And also, we have a basic agreement with Baghdad to establish two joint brigades. But unfortunately, Baghdad saying we don't have a budget to establish these two joint brigades. Well, the area, the disputed area, has become the hotbed of not only ISIS, but also rogue Shia militia groups that are also waging attacks on the Kurdistan region capital and other cities. And most recently, just yesterday, there was an attack on Damagas in Chamchamal area. 
So what are the remaining challenges? Is this political? Is it, does the central government not have the power to fully coordinate and implement the agreement? Uh, central government, let's say Iraqi federal government, uh, and also the Iraqi Minister of Defense saying we don't have a budget. But we believe they have budget. and They should support the, uh, the two joint brigades between the Peshmerga and the Iraqi army. Because as you mentioned, ISIS in the area, especially in the security vacuum, taking advantage of the gap and also Shia militia groups, uh, they are big threat and they are outside of the control of the Iraqi government. So if we have joint uh, brigades and joint forces, then we can fill the gap and then we can also do joint operation against ISIS and other groups outside of the government. I want to turn to Sinjar now, which is a related uh, question. It's part of the disputed areas. And the Sinjar agreement between the Iraqi government, the federal government, and the KRG was signed more than two years ago. What did the agreement entail? What what was the scope of the agreement? Uh, The scope of the agreement, uh, all the uh, forces, the militia groups, PKK forces, uh, the foreign forces, they should withdraw from the area. Uh, Also, even the Iraqi army and the Peshmerga, they should be outside of the city of Shingal. Uh, Then uh, we should recruit policemen uh, from the area. Uh, We should recruit people to become a policeman uh, and to enable them to secure and stable the city of the area and also providing security and stability for Shingal and the area. Then after that, to allow the people, when we have a security and stability, then the people will be able to return to their homes and villages and Shingal city. Uh, When the people return to their area, then uh, the procedure of uh, rebuilding the city, the villages will start. You know, without security and stability, impossible for the companies uh, to start their work in the, the area. But unfortunately, there are some groups, uh, they are against this agreement, especially uh, uh, PKK and Shia militia groups. So th- there was some clashes. The recent, there's been some reports that there have been clashes between the Iraqi army and some of the militia groups that are tied, some of, uh, some of the militia groups that are actually Yazidi militia groups that are tied, affiliated to both the Hajjashabi and PKK. What is the issue there? Uh, unfortunately, there are some groups affiliated to PKK. Uh, they are against, as I said, against the agreement. And many times the Iraqi government, Iraqi army ordered them to leave the area, but still they are exist in the area. And about that, there was clashes between the Iraqi army and those groups. And we believe still they are in the area creating big issues for the Iraqi security forces, for the Peshmerga, and especially for the civilian. And I believe even the civilian protested many times against those groups, and they asked them to leave the area. I just imagine, uh, and uh, those groups supported by Shia militia groups, just imagine Peshmerga forces by law and constitution, part of the Iraqi defense system. So we should receive our budget and our rights from the Iraqi federal government, but never we receive our budget and rights from the Iraqi federal government. 
But those groups which is affiliated to PKK and they are supported by Shia militia groups, they are receiving payment from Shia militia groups. So uh, even they are, most of them, they are, uh, they came from outside of the border. They are not from Iraq. So this is against the laws. So it's politically uh, motivated. Absolutely. Uh, so Iraq should use their power and to force them to leave the area in order to uh, both sides be able to implement Shingal Agreement. Now I want to pivot to the third issue that I would like to discuss with you, which is the U.S.-Iraq strategic dialogue, which was first initiated in the summer of 2020 and concluded a year later last summer, 2021. You were part of the delegation that came to Washington for the dialogue. Now, I understand that an MOU was signed between the federal government of Iraq and the United States. And of course, the KRG was part of the discussion. How useful were those talks and what did they cover? What was the scope of the agreement? Uh, In July 2021, when we came to Washington, D.C., we signed an agreement between Iraq and U.S. We call it strategic uh, agreement. By the agreement, uh, so late 2021, all the U.S. combat forces should withdraw from Iraq. And just uh, 2,500 advisors should remain in Iraq. In the beginning, it was difficult for the Iraqi federal government to sign uh, an agreement with with U.S. And the delegation was uh, included, the Peshmerga delegation. I was representing all the Peshmerga and security forces because there were many Shia parties, Shia groups against that agreement. But finally, uh, Iraq being able uh, to to sign the agreement with U.S. uh, So the agreement is include as I said, all the, the combat forces should withdraw from Iraq and just the advisors should remain. And by the agreement, U.S. and uh, we can say the coalition forces will provide advice, enable and assist to the Iraqi security forces, including the Peshmerga forces. So now we have very good uh, cooperation and relationship with the coalition and U.S. forces. I mean the Peshmerga and also the Iraqi army. They are providing advice and sometimes training and also equipment, spare parties to the Peshmerga forces and to the Iraqi army. Now, does the scaling down of U.S. forces worry you that the U.S. will eventually withdraw from Iraq? Uh, Honestly, if you talk with the Iraqi leadership, the the Iraqi generals, Iraqi Minister of Defense, Ministry of Defense, uh, even the Peshmerga forces, all of us, we are saying we still need U.S., uh, in, in Iraq and Kurdistan region for many reasons. For example, ISIS still exists in the area. And also there are many groups, Shia militia groups still, they are not controlled by the Iraqi federal government. Uh, Iraq facing many challenges. Iraq not stable. And also, uh, thankfully, U.S. provided very good military equipment for the Iraqi army and for the Peshmerga forces. So still we need training uh, uh, and advice from U.S. forces and also spare parts and equipment for the, the equipment that provided for the Peshmerga and the Iraqi army. Uh, for example, F-16 provided to the Iraqi Air Force. Uh, so if you talk with the Iraqi leadership, all of them, they say, at least we need five more years. We need U.S. to remain in Iraq and to continue support the Iraqi security force and the Peshmerga forces. 
Now let's zoom on your story. To begin with, I'd like to ask you some questions about your experience as a Peshmerga. You're now a general and you've had some, some of your military education in the U.S. Tell us about how and why you joined the Peshmerga forces. And also tell us about your career and experiences in the military. Uh, it is uh, a great honor for any Kurd to become a Peshmerga. Uh, you know, the meaning of the Peshmerga is who face the death for their own people, for humanity. So my father was Peshmerga. My brother was Peshmerga. Uh, he, he unfortunately he mortared in 2007. Uh, so I became a Peshmerga in 1991 after our uprise against the previous Saddam's regime. May and, God bless his uh, soul, nine, first of all. Thank you so much. 1993, I joined the military college. Uh, so almost 30 years, more than 30 years, I am serving the Peshmerga. In 2003, uh, I rejoined the Iraqi army. Actually, we established, established the new Iraqi army. Uh, we've been uh, the, uh, we, the first team. We established the new Iraqi army. I was with the first team. We established the new Iraqi army. And our battalion, at that time, we called it Freedom Battalion. In 2003, Three months after the freedom operation, when we, together with the U.S. and coalition, when we changed Saddam's regime. So since 2003, um, I've been working with the U.S. forces, with coalition forces. In 2012, uh, I was the first Peshmerga officer to attend uh, U.S. Army War College. So it was a great experience for me to attend U.S. Army War College. Uh, to see the U.S. military, U.S. Institute, uh, how they are operating, how they are working. And U.S. Army War College, very high uh, level of the, the college. And also, not just uh, U.S. Army War College, I also attended many seminars. Uh, I, at, I was also, I was the first person in Iraq and Kurdistan region, attended SUSI program, uh, which was in Delaware 2019. Uh, so I can say since 2003, I have a great cooperation and relationship with U.S. forces and with many U.S. generals and officers. Very impressive. Very, very impressive. Uh, let, me, let me tell you an interesting story about when, how we established the first Iraqi battalion, which is we call it Freedom Battalion. Uh, just imagine in 2003, after the fall of Saddam's regime, there was no Iraqi Ministry of Defense, no Iraqi division. So our first battalion was under 4th U.S. Division. At that time, General Oderno, he was division commander. General Barbero, he was deputy division commander. So just imagine, even our battalion was part of the Iraq, it was part of the U.S. forces. Then we established 1st Brigade, then 1st Division, then uh, many uh, Iraqi officers, they returned to the Iraqi army and they established the Iraqi Ministry of Defense. Now, this uh, raises one question. You've had the opportunity to live in America. You attended the War College for your uh, graduate school in the military. And you've been coordinating with the U.S. military for quite some time now, since, the two, since 2003, I assume. Uh, so what word or phrase describes America for you? Uh, or what comes to your mind when you hear America? Uh, America, a very important country. Uh, we can say uh, superpower. Uh, and the most important thing for us, we consider ourselves the most 
reliable partner for U.S. and, and coalition forces in the region, in the Middle East. Uh, thankfully, U.S. in the past provided a great support for the Kurds, for the Peshmerga. But honestly, we are asking for U.S. to provide more support for the Peshmerga because uh, we believe we have one common enemy in the region. And side by side, we fought together against terrorist groups like Al-Qaeda, ISIS, other terrorist groups. Uh, still, uh, there are many things we can do it together. So about that, we should continue uh, strong, strong uh, tightening the relationship between Peshmerga and the U.S. forces. Uh, we're still asking U.S. provide more support for the Peshmerga forces. That's very well said. Now, would you like to add anything before we close the interview? Uh, thank you very much for this opportunity. It was a great honor for me to be part of your program. Thank you very much. Pleasure is ours. Thank you very much for giving us the honor to interview. And it's an absolute pleasure having you, Jamal Hajar. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to the Kurdistan in America podcast, the official podcast of the Kurdistan Regional Government Representation in Washington, D.C. Please don't forget to subscribe to our podcast either on Buzzsprout, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google. Also, for more information about the Kurdistan region, please visit our website at www.us.gov.krd or follow us on Twitter at krg_usa.